Amen. Hey, once again, we are in our study, World Religions, Cults, and the Occult. Number 15, Pastor Bobby, is what? That's right, I no fake voice there. Satanism and the rise of devil worship, and we're going to recap because that's what we do here, Brian. You ready? Praise God. All right, we've already dealt with the existence of Satan. Why? Because he's real. That's right, Terry, he's real. What's the problem, though? 65% of those that claim to be Christians say he's not real. And gee whiz, you wonder why Satanism is on the rise. Hello, you're not helping things. Okay, it's crazy what's going on. But then we begin to take a look at his character and his tactics. Why? Because God not only tells us he's real, Old Testament, New Testament, we're not making this up. Okay, and that's why we're doing this studies because guess what? It's coming from the Bible, and we're supposed to study all the Bible, Old and New Testament. You can't dance around the Scripture. But God tells us these things about the existence of Satan, about his character, about his tactics, how he's going to come after you, so that we're not caught off guard. Anybody glad you don't have to learn things the hard way, including spiritual warfare, and you don't have to wonder why things are going the way they're going in the world today? Well, guess what? It's all there in the Word, so we dealt with that. But we saw the unfortunate news. Again, 65% of those who profess to be Christians say, nah, he's not real. It's just a... He's just a symbol of evil. No, he's really real. And so are the demons out there. Okay. And then again, you wonder why it's on the rise. So then we got, well, how did this happen? How did not just the world not believe in a literal Satan? They just think he's a cartoon character from Looney Tunes or something. But, but even in the church, well, that's why we took a journey for many, many weeks on the history. How do we get into this shape? How did Satanism not just permeate and uh, infiltrate into our whole world? Not just the United States. It's all over the place. But how did it get into the church. And that was the journey that we were on for several weeks. And then the last couple of times we've been taking a look, okay, they've infiltrated, but what do they believe? How do we know that Satanism is already out there? Well, all you got to do is look at their beliefs and you're going to see, man, just like we saw with our 20 week study on witchcraft, uh, you didn't realize how bad witchcraft was. You didn't realize how much it permeated our society until what? You begin to see what they believe and their symbolism and all that. And, and then now that you know, whoa, it's everywhere. Same thing when it comes to Satanism, when you take a look at their beliefs. Now, we've already dealt with two times that Satanism basically is what? It's a religion of what? Self. Me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. Do what you want shall be the whole of the law. It's the number one law of Satanism. I will be God. Don't listen to God. Now, why would they do that? Because that's the heart of Satan, okay? Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, okay? is the two passages where Satan says, I will be like God. I will ascend to the Mount of Assembly. I will be like the Most High. I, I, he had an eye problem, right? We saw the, the, the word sin itself. What's right smack dab in the word sin? Every time you sin, I, it's because I will do what I want to do. I know what's best. I know God said that, but I, it's all I. Now, that, that is the heart of Satanism. It's the, it's the number one law, right? Okay, we, we dealt with the history the beliefs, and then here's the first law. The first law is this, do what you will shall be the whole of the law. It's all about what I wants to do. We saw the second law of Satanism was the self-awareness law. Man is a divine being within. Life's purpose is to realize the divine within. When this is achieved, you recognize you are who? You were God. Now, why would Satanism promote that? Well, what did Satan want to be? He wanted to be God. Last time I checked, it's the position's not available. It's never been available. God's the only God there ever will be. That's why he was cast down. That's what caused the fall of Satan. But that's the heart of his character. And that's why it's the number one law of Satanism, those who follow him. Okay, and again, it's crept into the church. Now, if you were here last time, we saw, wait a second, are you serious? Self, the religion of self, Satanism, the number one law of Satanism has crept into the church. How in the world did that happen? Well, that's what we saw last time if you were here. Uh, God warned us in three different prophecies how it happened. And since churches don't even preach on prophecy anymore, they don't even, they don't even know what's going on. Okay, and, and we saw that basically how it crept into the world and the church is people stopped listening to God and what he says about Satan, that he's real and here's what he's going to be doing and here's what he's up to and here's how to deal with it. Okay, they began to listen 
not to God's word, to the scripture, but secular psychologists who got their information from what? As we saw last time, straight from demons, right? And believe it or not, God told us that's exactly what would happen in the last days. First Timothy 4, uh, 1 says, the spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow what? Deceiving spirits and things taught by what? Demons, as we saw here last time, Freud and Young and all those guys, all these ideas about self-love, self comes first, the exact opposite of what the Bible teaches, right? They were, they were what? They were involved in the occult, in seances, necromancy. Young even admitted this is where he got his ideas from, from spirit, is your demons, right? But it began to then infect the world. And that's why we see why our world's getting so wicked, because the world is following the number one law of Satanism, 2 Timothy 3.1. But mark this, there's going to be terrible times in the last days. What's the first thing on the list? People will be what? Lovers of themselves. What's that? That's the number one law of Satanism. It's all about self, 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 self. And then if you remember the passage we read the whole time last time, it gets worse as you go. It's all because self comes from, well, that came into the world. Well, guess what? It also came to the church. And how do we know? God warned us this would happen in the last days. The church would fall for this self-worship. 2 Timothy 4, 3, for a time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. I don't want to hear the Bible. This is the church, not the world. Instead to what? Suit their what? Own desires. What's that tell you? The church wants what? What? Self. What self wants. And, and, and then they're going to guarantee it. That's the only guys we're going to hire in the pulpit. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Okay, and that's basically all you get in church today, right? It's all about self, right? Tickle your ears, turn away from truth. Kinetho in the Greek, it means only pleasant things, to desire only pleasant things, okay? And, and uh, uh, stories made up, muthos in the, in the Greek there. That's what all you get in the church today is just basically uh, that which is only pleasing for self. Stories made up that uh, make self happy, make self feel good. No conviction for self. No talk about hell for self. No talk about mentioning denying self. Uh, no talk about God's wrath or repentance or Bible prophecy. Don't mention anything that might even alarm self. Why? Because basically the church is doing what God said would happen. Unfortunately, I only want pleasant things. Now, what is that? Satanism. I only want what pleases self. This is crazy. It isn't just that the church is going to apostasy. It's the church in the last days if you understand Satanism, and most people don't, that's why it goes in one ear out the other, is what? Their own desire. That's Satanism. The churches in the last days, listen, this is why it's so messed up. The church is not just the world, will start promoting Satanism. That it's all about self. Isn't that wild? And you wonder why it's so messed up. And you wonder why we're getting so many people that want to be an online member. It's happening all over the world, folks, right? And it makes you want to do that too. And you know, it's, that's how you feel. It's like, man, I'm getting beat up and machine guns are going off. And I, I'm trying to buy you some time, brother. But uh, anyway, that's right. But uh, we're a team here. But anyway, perfect time. We practiced that all week. And it, yes, hold it off. That's right. But anyway, but that's what's going on right now. Let's continue on because unfortunately, that's the number one law of Satanism. It's not just in the world. It's literally came from demons through secular psychology and it's crept into the church. But we're going to take a look at some more beliefs of Satanism. And again, when you start taking a look at this, it isn't just this worship of self has permeated the world and the church. Oh, the more you understand this is what we're doing, we're going to start taking a look at these different beliefs. No wonder things are messed up. No wonder literally our society and our world and even the church is being destroyed, okay? Uh, but before we do that, let's remind ourselves the difference between God's beliefs and Satan's beliefs, okay? And they do not mix. It's worse than oil and water. It's worse than chicken in my house. It just don't work, right? Okay, uh, basically, if we're gonna see, Satanism leads to destruction and death, and of course, God leads to life. 
Okay, open your Bibles to John, John chapter 8. Let's read our text. You got two options in life, right? Whose teachings are you going to follow, right? And what determines your behavior? And you're either following, there's no other, there's no middle ground, folks. You're either following Satan or you're following God, right? And then you know who you're following based on the output because what you believe determines how you behave, right? And this is what Jesus calls on the carpet here, so to speak, uh, to the Jewish people of his time that rejected him uh, who was trying to give them life, okay? But they rejected him. And Jesus tells them, here's why. Because you're not following God. Even though you say you are, you're not. Proof's in the pudding. But John chapter eight, let's take a look there. Verse 31 says this, to the Jews who have believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples, then you know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and we've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? But Jesus said, oh, I'll tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you're Abraham's descendants, yet you're ready to what? Kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I have seen in my father's presence and you do what you've heard from what? Your father knows the dichotomy. They claim to belong to God, but Jesus says, no, no, you got a different father. And they said, well, Abraham's our father. And Jesus says, uh, if Abraham were your children, it's going to demonstrate in your behavior. He says, then you would what? You'd do the things that Abraham did. As it is, you're determined to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God, Abraham didn't do such things. You are doing the things you're what? Your own father does. He says that a second time, right? We are not illegitimate children. They protested. The only father we have is God himself. So Jesus just nails it on the line. Watch what he says. He says, Jesus says to him, if God were your father, <clears throat> you would love me. For I came from God and now I'm here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Why? Because you belong, the third time he says it, this time he tells him who your daddy is. Who's your daddy, right? You belong to your father, the who? The devil. Woo-wee. And, and how do you know? Because it comes out in your behavior. You could say you worship God all you want, but it's gonna, what you believe determines how you behave. You'll find out if you're listening to the teachings of Satan or the devil or the teachings of God, right? Because Satan ultimately is going to lead you into a path of destruction. God will lead you to life. And that's what Jesus said. Because listen, you could say all you want, you, you're God, your father. He, he ain't true. Your father's the devil. Why? Because you want to carry out your father's desire. He was what? A murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar and the father of all lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? I'm, if I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He, listen, he who belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is what? That you do not belong to God, i.e. God is not your father. You could say it all day long, but you don't belong to him. Why? Because the proof is in the pudding. And Jesus loved them enough to tell them the truth, including about their predicament. You claim to be a follower of God, but based on your behavior, you're actually a father a follower of the devil. There's only two options in life. And it's not just back then, folks, as we're reading the gospel of John. It's still to this day. There is no mythical, mystical middle ground where people say, well, I'm not some crazy whacked out on fire Christian like Mark back there. Man, he's, he's one of those fundamental crazy Christians, right? But I'm not over here like, you know, you know some Satan worshiper or what. <laughs> Your father's either what? who? God or the devil. There is no middle ground. In fact, those people that are saying that I haven't made up my mind to choose, you're, you're still belong to the devil, right? Okay, there, there is no middle ground. You're either following or belonging to the teachings of Satan or the devil, and you know that by your behavior. 
In this context, by lying, by murdering, Satan leads to destruction. But if you're following God, then you love Jesus. You acknowledge he's the Messiah, right? And then the fruit of that by the spirit of God begins to show, right? Uh, with that, uh, the truth and eternal life. So again, as you can see, they are diametrically opposed. Satan, listen, always does the, here's the whole theme of tonight. And this is gonna be the crux of this one next belief system, okay? Uh, that we're gonna deal with tonight from Satanism. But Satan always does not just what is wrong, not just something that's veered off. He does exactly opposite of what God does right? And we even saw in this passage, God is about life, but Satan's about what? Death. God is about love, but Satan's about hate. God is about mercy, but Satan is about retaliation. And folks, I'm telling you, that's the same thing with the beliefs of Satanism. If you want to put them in order, uh, if you will, the number one law of Satanism is a self-worship. Self, self, self comes worse. This next law that we're going to see, and Jesus really is talking about it here in this text, okay, is basically what the Satanists call the law of reversal, okay, is the official name that they give it, the occult law of reversal. And basically, Satanists, their goal is to not just worship self, okay, but they are diametrically opposed to anything that God stands for. In fact, they make it their mission to, what does God say? I will purposely do the exact opposite. Not just something that's a little bit off, not just something that's just, oh, that's just wrong, or that's a, you know, no, it's the exact opposite, let me give you one uh, uh, example. And that's part of their theme. It's in defiance of God. Did Satan, is he in defiance of God? So then what do his followers do? They defy God. And how do you defy God? God says life, you say death. And, so see, and, and this is, and I'm gonna make, this is from them. They call it the law of reversal, right? So it's not by chance they do what they do. But let me give you an example of this law of reversal in this Satanist. His name is Sean Sellers. He started out as a typical American teenager he just wanted to have a little fun and discover what life was all about. And so in his search for answers, it didn't take Sean long to see through the emptiness of the so-called American way of life, that of seeking happiness and consumerism and things and money and, and having a positive self-image and indulging in endless, mindless entertainment. It all seemed so futile, and Sean knew there had to be more to life. But to make matters worse, at this stage, when Sean was desperately looking for answers, the so-called Christians he ran into were totally stuck up and completely absorbed in themselves. So Sean decided he didn't need their God. He was going to be his own God. He decided to follow Satan. Why? Because after all, doesn't the devil promise that if we listen to him, we could become our own God? And so sure enough, Sean was not only consumed uh, massing amounts of drugs and blaspheming God, but he started drinking his own or other people's bloods for power that he carried with him in a small vial. Uh, but he felt something was still missing. He, he, he felt he needed even more power to be even more powerful God. So Sean turned to, listen, the last of the 10 commandments he had yet to break, that of you shall not murder. So you go through all the 10 commandments. Here's what God says not to do. And what will they do? I will do the exact opposite. So if God says, this under, you got to understand, what they do isn't just sinful. It's not just wrong. It's not by chance. They take everything that God says and they will do the exact opposite in defiance to him. So if God, in this case, says, you shall not murder, what will a Satanist do? You will murder, and that's what Sean did. The first time was at a convenience store where he was uh, casually walked up and proceeded to blow the cashier away with the 357 Magnum. The next one came in his home, whereupon he did some homework, performed a satanic ritual, then proceeded to take his father's 44 revolver, shoot him, him and his mom in the head. Uh, shortly after that, his satanic spree came to an end. He was arrested and thrown to jail, but... 
as the one true God would have it. Two days later, a man came to the cell next to Sean, gave him a Bible. Now before, as a Satanist, he had mutilated Bibles, burned them, urinated them, poured blood on them. But for the first time, for some unknown reason, he, he read one. And as he did, he came across the book of Psalms, whereupon an overwhelming sense of guilt flooded his soul. And he'd been wrong. And he realized that Satan had lied to him. It was the one and only true God of the Bible who loved Sean, not the devil. Again, he's now finally learning who's your daddy. And so on his knees in jail, Sean prayed, Lord, here I am. If you'll take me back, I'll serve you. And that moment God did touch him, Sean began to cry. And he, he knew that true love was not found in the things of this world. True love was not in himself. True love certainly wasn't trying to be his own God. No, true love is found in the one and only God, Jesus Christ. But on February 4, 1999, Sean Sellers was executed for his crimes on humanity, but because of the love and forgiveness of his now heavenly father, through Jesus Christ, he was ushered into heaven. It isn't just that Sean was doing bad things, satanic things. This is at the heart, again, of Satanism. And when the church keeps your mouth shut, this doesn't help anything. This is the stuff that really goes on, okay, behind the scenes. A lot of people... And we have some folks here involved in the police. Uh, certainly, Brian A.J. Has, has dealt with this for years when he was a, a police officer in Texas, I believe. Uh, but isn't just a religion itself. It's the law of reversal. They will do exactly everything the opposite of what God says. In fact, here's Sean back in the day um, before he um, was executed for his crimes. Uh, here's him explaining that that's part of Satanism. You do the exact opposite of what God says. Let's take a look at this. So we began to prove our allegiance to Satan by breaking God's commandments. And in the end, there was only one that remained unbroken. You shall not murder. So in the Satanic Bible, the copy I had, I think they have um, edited that out of it since then, but the copy that I had said that on the choice of a human sacrifice, that you were to choose people who didn't give to society anything, didn't beg by their actions to be you know, exterminated. So we did a ritual, a lust ritual one night, and we drove to the Circle K. And I had a 357 Magnum, you know, revolver in my hand. Whenever he looked at me, I lifted the gun up and squeezed the trigger, and I missed. It whizzed right by his head. My friend and I trade play, traded places, and he got confused, I guess because he ran almost right upon me. He almost knocked, he knocked me down. And when he was just about two feet from me, I squeezed the trigger for the third time and the bullet entered through his heart and through his lungs and it was a hollow point shell and blood completely splattered on the opposite wall and he, landed, he hit the ground and we walked out. We didn't take any money, we didn't take any merchandise. We only took the, the life of an innocent man for Satan. And the reason that Sean did that, John, that was murder number one. The Circle K convenience store clerk in Oklahoma City. He did that because he said he needed more power. And I want to point this out. When a teenager gets into Satanism, first it's drinking blood, first it's slasher films, first it's the Satanic Bible. Then they start sacrificing dogs and kittens. The thought of the Satanists is, is if you extinguish life, you receive the power of the life you extinguish. And that's why certain portions of the body. 
After killing this convenience store clerk, five months went by and no one knew, except for Sean's close friend. And then five months later, he decided after hearing, having a recurrent death ritual dream about his mom and dad to kill his mom and dad. And this next clip tells us a little bit about why Sean turned on his family. Almost unbelievable. Went home that night after work and I was out of speed and so I did a ritual and I went to sleep. And in the night I got up and I don't know, I still don't really know where I got the gun, but I had my father's 44 revolver. And I walked into the bedroom. I was, I, I was just wearing black underwear that I wore. When I, I wore, in rituals and stuff, I wore a pair of black underwear, a black cape and hood and stuff. And I was wearing those, those underwear. I walked into my parents' bedroom. And I was, remember I was looking down at them, and I raised the gun up and I pointed it at my father's head, and I squeezed the trigger, and then I immediately raised it to where my mother's head was and squeezed the trigger again, and her head raised up, and I fired a second one into her. Why? It isn't just that Satanists do some bad things. You need to understand what motivates them. I will do not just bad things, I will do specifically the exact opposite of everything that God says to do. And once you get that, it starts to explain what's going wrong with every aspect of society, right? We are being pushed into not just self-worship, but we are being pushed along by a second law of Satanism called the law of reversal. Our society isn't just sinning against God, not just rejecting God. Our society is promoting do the exact opposite of God. That's the second law of Satanism, but nobody gets it because they don't know what Satanism is. Let me give you some easy examples, right? God's word says this about marriage, Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother so that, uh, or, or about uh, uh, the Ten Commandments there. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land that God's given you. But what did Satan tell Sean to do? Don't honor your mother and father. Do the exact opposite. What? Kill them, okay? And speaking of which, Exodus 20, 13 says what? You shall not murder. And so what was he encouraged to do? The exact opposite. Okay, I will murder. It's not by chance, folks. This is the uh, uh, law of reversal. Take anything that God says and specifically do the exact opposite. Uh, this is why everything is wrong with our society, okay? It's, this is why everything has become so, listen, what's the word we say? Man, it's just like everything is so backwards today. It's because of this satanic law is being promoted, not just self-worship, but do the opposite of what God says to do. It's not just denying God. It's not just rebelling against God. It's not just mocking God. It's not just people doing whatever in the world they want to do. It's do the exact opposite of what God says. This is the occult law. That's why we said Anton LaVey warned that we are now in the throes of a satanic age, right? He was wiser than a lot of church leaders. Why? Because we are becoming a satanic culture in two ways. We are now worshiping self, which is at the heart of Satanism, and now we're doing the exact opposite of what God says to do, the first two laws of Satanism. That's why he says we are in the throes of a satanic age. We're becoming a satanic culture. Again, let's go down the list. This is why everything is going wrong. It's not just that people are, oh, that's a sin. It's the exact opposite specifically of what God says to do, right? Let's call out some other ones. Right? God says, now this is the one on marriage, Genesis 2, 24. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they'll become one flesh. So marriage by God is defined as what? 
one man, one woman, right, for life. What's society say? Oh, no, it's a man and a man, a woman and a woman. You can marry anything you want. It isn't just wrong what they're doing. It's what? It's the exact opposite. It's the law of reversal. Okay, uh, let's pick another one about behavior. God says this, Leviticus 18, 22. Do not lie with a man as one lies with a woman. That is what? Detestable. So what does God feel and say about homosexuality? Don't do it. It's an abomination. Uh, look at Sodom and Gomorrah. That's why they were destroyed. It's a detestable thing. What's their society say? Oh, no, it's perfectly fine. All right, let's take a look at this passage. Romans chapter 1, 26 through 27. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their what? Women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. He's talking about lesbianism. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women, were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men, received themselves the due penalty for their perversion. But what's society say? Hey, not only is homosexuality okay, lesbianism is fine. What's the point? God says, don't do this. They say, oh yeah, we're going to do it anyway. I'm going to do the exact opposite. Do you see what's going on here in our society? Our society is now functioning on the second law. It isn't just doing wrong things. It's not just rejecting God. It's I will do the exact opposite, right? Let me give you uh, just, just one more. Um, we could be here all day, but this starts to explain why our society, what's the word? Backwards, because we're following this next satanic law, right? God says this, Le uh, Leviticus 18, 21, do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Molech, for you must not profane the name of uh, your God. I am the Lord. We saw Molech in our uh, study on abortion for eight weeks, uh, abortion, the mass murder of children. We saw that Molech was the giant idol, the pagan idol that they had uh, was hollow on the inside. They heated it up until, and it had its arms outstretched like this, and, and they heated it up so it became red, super hot. And then the people were instructed to throw their children into the arms of Molech alive, murder them alive for what? For better crop, for prosperity, and things of that nature. So God says, don't kill your children. You know where I'm going with this. What do we got? We got kill your children on demand. Again, what is it? It isn't just wrong. It's what? It's the exact opposite of what God says. It's the second law of Satanism, right? It, it is what's going on here, the law of reversal. Okay, our society is basically now operating under at least, and I think it's going to be more as we continue to go, at least the first two laws of Satanism. No wonder uh, Anton LaVey said what? We are now in the throes of a satanic age. Satan is guiding our culture. In fact, uh, I came up with an acronym based on what we're seeing so far with Satanism infiltrating our society. Uh, society stands for Satan operating cunningly in everything they yearn, right? That's what's going on, okay? Now, believe it or not, I think God was even calling this out. And he warned us long ago in the book of Isaiah, you start following not just this worship of self and it'll lead to destruction, you start following this law of reversal, your society's done. Why? Because it's proof, proof's in the Putin. Who's your daddy? Your daddy ain't God. You're doing everything the exact opposite, and it's going to destroy your society. Now, pay attention. How many times you read this? Now put it with this law of reversal of Satanism, doing the exact opposite of God, and tell me this isn't a warning from God. Isaiah 5.20, woe to those who call what? Evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, and who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, right? Now, why does God say this society is headed for woeful times. You're in a heap of trouble with God. Your society is doomed. You're going to go down the tubes. Why? It isn't just because they're doing something wrong. He mentions it even here. You're doing the exact opposite, right? You're calling evil good. That's the law of reversal. You're calling good evil. That's the law of reversal. Uh, darkness for light, light for darkness, bitter for sweet, sweet for... It's the occult law of reversal. That's why that society, any society, including our society, is doomed 
because you're literally following your new father, the devil. Who's your daddy? Our country started with God the Father of the Bible being our daddy, and we prospered. But we've, it isn't just we've rejected him, but now Satanism has come in, and now we're operating under, if you will, father devil. Satanism uh, is running the show. Now, so let's answer this. Okay, so now we know what it is. Now it's all over society. God warned about it. Okay, but my question is, how in the world did this happen? How did this happen? How did this second law, we saw how the first law, selfism, came in, crept in through secular psychology, but how and, and, and where did this come from? How did it get permeated into our society? Because again, it's not just our society's doing everything that's wrong or bad or whatever. It's the exact opposite, right? Well, it started from the, uh, this guy, uh, as we've seen before, Aleister Crowley. And we dealt with him in great detail in our witchcraft study, a little bit earlier in our history of our Satanism study, if you guys recall. But Aleister Crowley is the one uh, who really popularized in Hollywood, in the music industry, this law of reversal, right? And let me begin to explain that. Uh, and again, we've talked with him before, so I'm not going to go down too deep, but let me give you a little bit of background if you guys didn't see those other studies. But Aleister Crowley, by the way, uh, he was called, uh, even by, I believe, the uh, uh, British press, the evilest man that ever lived. This guy was, whoo, heavy duty into Satanism, all kinds of stuff. But he was born in 1875. He died in 1947. He's considered the 19th, 20th century uh, chief archetype of divination, which includes communication with the dead and as a top uh, uh, Satanist, okay? And by the way, most people don't get this. It, it isn't just the law of reversal. I'm gonna do the exact opposite of God. It's a form of divination, okay? Why did Sean say do that? Because it's a form of divination, right? I have to do the exact opposite. God says, don't murder. I already, I already did the exact opposite of the other nine commandments. Here's the last one I gotta do the, of the 10, don't murder. And I, it's not just murder for the sake of murder. It's not just even doing it just because it's the opposite. It's a form of divination because they believe and they're taught that when you do things in reverse, that it gives you more power, right? It's a form of divination, right, as well. So, uh, uh, but back to Crowley, his sexual and psychological exploits uh, through divination uh, become legendary. Uh, his home was near the shores of Loch Ness in Scotland. His home was actually a castle. It's called the Bolskeen House, which was bought by Jimmy Page of Zeppelin. We'll see that in a second. Uh, Crowley was known as the Beast 666. He was depraved. He served as a mentor to many, still to this day, as we'll see in a second. Uh, he, uh, tarot card, the tarot thing, really uh, owes its uh, background to being very popular now, unfortunately, today to him. He helped to popularize it. He spent much of his life uh, studying, defining, enhancing the modern practice, as we know it, of ancient tarot cards. Uh, uh, Crowley belonged to an ancient pagan society known as the Order of the Golden Dawn. He bared the highest title of Magus, uh, and it was a, a title earned through the ascension techniques where one arrives going through different pagan rituals. He achieved the highest order uh, that the occult brotherhood had to offer. But he died in 1947, and he had his followers burn his body to ashes as they read a poem called The Hymn to Pan. Pan, as we saw before, is the mythical musical god of sex of the fields in Greek mythology, part human, part beast. Uh, he was a master occultist, and in his castle, it said that deep below, uh, underneath, uh, were secret chambers where satanic sacrifices were held. This stuff still goes on today. We've yet to get to that. Uh, it gets worse as you go, but I will say this, as gross as it is, I mean, I don't want to hear this, but you know what? We need to hear this. Uh, not only one, because where am I getting all this stuff from? Why are we studying this? Because it's in the Bible. We need to know all of it. 
But can I tell you something? Keeping your mouth shut about what these people are doing is not helping anybody because there's kids and adults and animals, you name it, right? People today will go to jail if you leave an animal in a hot car. These people are killing animals and people and say, oh, I don't want to talk about that. And what's this called? Satan and the decline of devil worship because the church reads all the Bible. I wish it said that. It's the rise because we keep our mouth shut. You know why? Because we're following Satan. Self doesn't want to hear that. That's creeping self out. And so we reject teachings about Satanism because we're actually following Satanism. Does anybody see the sick irony there? Yeah, that's really what's going on. All right, but now let's get to this occult law reversal. So he is the one, Crowley, who popularized this, and it's everywhere today. I'll get to it in a second. But one of his chief, listen, insistences. If you're going to be a follower of Crowley, you have to do this. You have to do this law of reversal. He taught it in all his classes, in his home, and all this stuff. And he said, quote, he said, it is the major law of Satan, right? And again, it's a form of divination. That if you practice this law of reversal, if he says, quote, you want fame, power, spell casting abilities, demons at your beck and call, if you, and to recognize the Godhead within, as well as to know the past, present, and future, then he extolled his students. They must consistently practice the law of reversal. Well, what's that? Well, let's break it down. They said, he says, you need to start talking in reverse speech. You need to do reverse walking wherever you go. Reverse thinking. And listen, Playing music backwards. We'll get to that in a second. It's a divination that he taught. Oh, by the way, uh, God, uh, as we've seen many times before, forbids this, right? Divination. Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12. Let no one be found among you who sacrificed his son or daughter in the fire. What's that? We just saw Moloch, basically abortion today. Uh, who practices what? Divination sorcery. So what's our society saying? No, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to practice that. I'm going to murder children. I'm going to do divination. I'm going to get involved in sorcery and what else? Interpret omens and engage in witchcraft or cast spells. I'm going to get involved in mediumships and spiritists. Wait till you see what we see tonight. People being possessed so they can be better actors and things of that nature. Consults with the dead. Anyone who does these things is what? Detestable to the Lord. Okay? So let's get into some of their practices. Again, here's something that... God says to do, do the exact opposite, okay? But it's also reverse speech, reverse walking, reverse thinking, reverse music, including one of their big rituals they have. We haven't gotten into the rituals, but uh, one of the big ones that they do, you might have seen in the news, uh, is called the Black Mass, right? And the Black Mass isn't just uh, a Black Mass. Uh, it is specifically uh, performing the Catholic Mass, which I'm not condoning, uh, the Catholic max backwards and in reverse. Why? Because of the law of reversal, right? Everything is read during the black mass backwards in reverse speech, including the cross in the black mask is hung upside down in reverse. Do you get it? They're not just defined. Do you understand? What you, I'm telling you, you got to understand. Yes, we, we drilled this one to, we were blue in the face on this religion itself. But the second law is reverse. The occult law of reverse. Do everything the exact opposite. It's a major underpin. And when you get that, and then you start taking a look at our world, you're going, oh boy, we're now obeying the first two laws. No wonder things are backwards. It's Satanism, folks. Okay? But let me give you, uh, in the so-called Bible Belt, the Black Mass. Okay, let's take a look at this. This is the law of reversal. As it is in hell, we take this night our rightful due and trespass not on the paths of pain. 
Lead us unto temptation. Deliver us from false piety. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And let reason rule the earth. Deliver us, almighty Satan, from all past error and delusion. A black mass was held Sunday evening in City Space, a small theater in the Civic Center basement. Outside the Civic Center, under the downtown Oklahoma City skyline, hundreds arrived in buses to protest the Black Mass by praying and singing. Inside, around 40 to 50 people attended the Black Mass, led by Adam Daniels. He said the purpose of the Mass was to deprogram people from the influence of Catholicism and Christianity. We praise and honor thee, Lucifer! Despite the protests, city officials stood firm in their decision to allow the Black Mass to be held, maintaining that under the Constitution, the group did have the right to rent city facilities. I don't think that's what the Founding Fathers had in mind. In fact, if you do the historical research, which we've done in uh, other studies, when the Founding Fathers were talking about religion, they were talking about the religion of Jesus Christ in the Bible. They weren't talking about anything and everything under the sun, Buddhism, Hinduism, New Age, and certainly not Satanism. Okay. But that's what's going on, okay? That's why they have a black mass, because if you understand what they're doing there, it's the exact opposite, okay? Let's give you some more examples of what does the law of reversal look like? Not just take God's commandments and do the exact opposite. They got the black mass. They also uh, are proponents of the Antichrist. Now, why would they be a proponent of the Antichrist? Well, what is the Antichrist? The Antichrist is the what? Reverse or the opposite of Jesus Christ. They're also proponents of, of course, hell. You think, well, it's because that's, you know, they know that's where they're going to go. Hell is the law of reversal. Hell is the opposite of heaven, right? Heaven is up, hell is down. They're also proponent, as he mentioned, he wore black underwear, black cape. We also see this promoted in witchcraft. But why are they big proponents on black? You got to wear black, black this, black that, black. Oh, they're just into that gothic look. No, because Satan represents that which is Dark, God is light. Do you get it? It's the exact opposite. It's the law of reversal. But let's go back to that talking reverse speech, uh, playing music backwards. Is that going on today? Yeah. In fact, there's a term for it, right? We call it back masking. Okay. Now, you can call it what you will, uh, which, by the way, has not gone away today. Uh, most people think it has. It was just some cool 80s thing. No. Uh, but back masking, uh, you call it what you will, but guess what it is? Straight out of Crowley, it's the law of reversal. Talking in reverse, listening to music in reverse. It isn't just, wow, that's kind of weird and eclectic. <laughs> Those guys are being funny to sell an album. No. They're deliberately following a divination technique called the law of reversal. In fact, the same people that often do that, they were devotees of guess who? Crowley. We just thought it was some cool, eclectic entertainment value thing. None at all. Uh, in fact, we saw before... Just real quickly, we saw uh, Crowley influence not only Hollywood, we'll get to that in a second, Lord willing, but even the music industry, big-time followers. Of course, the Beatles were huge followers of Crowley, uh, and you can see pictures of Crowley there uh, on the left there, but they were actually included him in their albums, uh, things of that nature. Rolling Stones were huge into Crowley. You can see him up there doing the ritual, and you think it's by chance Mick Jagger's doing the same thing. No, they were huge followers of Crowley as well. So was Led Zeppelin, and as, as I mentioned, Jimmy Page bought uh, Crowley's uh, castle, they're in Loch Ness, the Bolskine house, but even on their albums, So Mode It Be and Do What Thou Wilt, inscribed on their albums. Big followers of Crowley as well. And again, there's Jimmy Page. He was so excited, unfortunately, buying Crowley's house after he passed away. David Bowie was a uh, big time into uh, Aleister Crowley as well, as we've talked before. 
Um, even uh, writing you know songs about the Golden Dawn. He's talking about Allie's, uh, Crowley's occult group. Ozzy Osbourne, of course, really popularizing Mr. Who, Crowley, who he was talking about there. And even the, uh, the 60s movie, The Age of Aquarius, what we saw before is the Age of Aquarius, basically the satanic age that we need to listen to what Satan says. He's the good guy now uh, and things of that nature. So, so he's been involved, uh, Crowley has influenced for decades and still to this day, there's a lot of his devotees, even though he's long past, they still follow him in his writings, his occult writings. And they still do that. Uh, but let's take a look at uh, you know another one of the big guys, and that was the Beatles. Beatles were huge uh, into this, and they weren't just into Hinduism and things of that nature. They were heavy duty into Crowley. Uh, this article says this: It's no secret that the Beatles put reverse messages into their music, uh, and uh, they did this all the time. And there's so much evidence to deny it. The album Rain was in, uh, uh, was intended. Uh, it uh, it's ended up being called the Revolver, but it had other working titles as Abracadabra, Magic Circle, Four Sides of the Circle. Ultimately, they decided on Revolver. Uh, Abracadabra, we saw before, was not only promoted by Aleister Crowley, but that goes way back in the Babylonian days. We saw there when we did our witchcraft study, uh, and 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 again, that was popularized by him. But Crowley was a big influence on the Beatles because again, this law reversal. They didn't just hey, that's they're they're taking a trip. They're doing too much LSD and trying to come out with weird funky music. You know, I wish they'd get back to their old days. You know, no, they got involved with Crowley. And they were following this law of reversal. Now, let me give you some more details about Crowley and what he wrote about. Then we'll get back to the music industry. He said, and he wrote in his work, Magic, spelled with a C-K, in theory and practice, about the importance of the initiate learning to, quote, think backwards. Let the adept first train himself to think backwards by external means and then go from the following. Quote, let him learn to write backwards with either hand. Let him learn to walk backwards. Watch this. Let him consistently watch, if convenient, films even films backwards, listen to records in reverse, and let him so accustom himself to these that they appear natural. Let him practice speaking backwards. For instance, instead of saying, I am he, let him say, am I. Let him learn to read backwards. And even says, if it's too difficult, then get one of your disciples and have them read it to you backwards. And, things, and basically says this, of his own ingenium, let him devise other methods. In other words, make up as many different ways as you could do things backwards, including music, okay? And again, the Beatles were a master of this. It wasn't by chance that they were coming out with their eclectic titles and albums and whatever. They were doing things in reverse, including with their music, because of the law of reversal, okay? And, so, and it's still going on today. But let me give you this. This backmasking thing never went away. But let me give you an example from a documentary that just came out called Subliminal Seduction, how the mass media mesmerizes the minds of the masses with some crazy whacked out guy in the studio that you may know. But here's some examples of backmasking. Again, you call it what you will. It's from Aleister Crowley, The Law of Reversal. Let's take a look. In fact, it's so commonplace, this method of subliminal sound technology, that it's already being used by bands like Pink Floyd, who actually made a parody of it. Here's their song, Empty Spaces Forward. But if you play it in reverse, it says, congratulations, you just discovered the secret message. Please send your answer to Old Pink, care of the Funny Farm, Chow Fun. 
here folks, listen to it for yourself. Congratulations, you have just discovered the secret message. Please send your answer to old pink. In fact, some even so-called Christian bands are getting in on this parody of subliminal music. Here's Petra's song, Judas Kiss, forward. But if you play it in reverse, it says, What are you looking for the devil for when you ought to be looking for the Lord? Again, listen to it for yourself. What are you looking for the devil for when you ought to be looking for the Lord? But unfortunately, not everyone uses this subliminal messaging and music for laughs. Here's Queen's song, Another One Bites the Dust. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. Ow! Another one bites the dust. Hey, hey! Another one bites the dust. Now, some would say if you play it backwards, it says it's fun to smoke marijuana over and over again. Take a listen. Oh, but rock artists aren't the only ones getting into the subliminal influence using sound. So are pop artists like Britney Spears. Here's her song, Hit Me Baby One More Time, being played forward. Now here it is in reverse saying, sleep with me, I'm not too young. And last but not least, some artists use this subliminal sound technique in their music for satanic purposes, like the band Grim Reaper in their song Final Scream. Here it is, forward. Now here it is in reverse saying, see you in hell. Alright, that'll creep you out. But hey, it's just cool, it's eclectic, it's just a weird way to sell an album or a CD, it's nothing to, no. If you understand the background of these people, folks, it's not just weird and eclectic, it's what? It's the occult law of reversal promoted by Crowley. And you may think, well, I didn't hear that. Well, your brain picks it up, and your brain hears it. All right, but let's take a look at another uh, Crowley technique. Talking reverse speech. It wasn't just listening to music backwards, it was talking in reverse speech, right? Uh, is that going on today? Yeah, including the government. Now, the government being involved in the occult shouldn't be a surprise. We saw that, again, back in our witchcraft study. Uh, even back as far as the Clintons, uh, Hillary was doing seances in the White House, uh, channeling, trying to conjure up. And, and even CNN, the Communist News Network, admitted this one. And that's why I shared that screenshot there. Uh, channels the Roosevelt's in a campaign. What's that? That's the occult. That's, that's necromancy. That's divination. God forbids that. In the White House. And it wasn't just uh, the Roosevelt's. She was trying to conjure up Gandhi and all that stuff and... New age, it was just crazy, okay? So, so that's been going on. That's, that's, that's not a conspiracy theory. It's out there. It's known. Uh, we saw that basically it isn't just the Democrat agenda with the last election cycle was just, oh, those, that's wrong, or I disagree with that. It's what? It's the exact opposite of what God stands for. Do you notice that? Right? The Democrat uh, agenda is what? God says, choose life. What are the, what's the Democrat Party platform now? Choose death. Uh, and not just murder children, but who? 
their other platform, murder adults. They're getting too old for the system, right? God says to honor your mother and father. They say, no, kill them. They're costing us. It's the exact opposite, right? Uh, we looked at the last agenda. Basically, everything that the one party stood for wasn't just a, a, a bad thing for our country, uh, probably not going to work out too good for us, or we just kind of disagree. It's the exact opposite of what the Bible says. And dare I say, even our constitution and the Bill of Rights, which was based on the scripture, right? It's not, by, it's not just they disagree. They're doing the what? The exact opposite. Why? Because I think they're working hand in hand. This is what we also saw also. The Democrat logo just happened to be G. Willikers. Why, of all things for you to pick, why that? Is that my chance? Or are you signaling uh, of what you're up to? In fact, speaking of sig signaling, uh, Joe Biden, who can't remember anything, this was the texting number that uh, he was throwing out there. T to support Joe Biden, just 30330. Remember that? You, hey, man, if you guys cared for this guy, you should have said, Throw out uh, one, 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 so he can remember the thing. Why? Why did you specifically do of all numbers? And think about the randomness of, of the odds of coming out with it. Just happened to be three o three three o. Well, as we saw before, it sounds crazy, but you can bust out the calculator. Take the year that he was running, twenty twenty, divided by six six six, and guess what? It pops up three o three three o. You think it's by chance? Of course it's not. As we saw in our witchcraft study, the number three is huge. It's all about threes. The power of three, right? Exactly. So again, the, the, the uh, government involved in uh, Satanism, the occult, I think it shouldn't surprise us. We've already dealt with that. But let, let's go back to this. Wait a second. But talking reverse speech? Do, do we have politicians that are sending out messages, but if you play it backwards, it tells you who they're really working for? You could even do this one on your phone. If you guys are hip enough to speak in your phone and then say, play it backwards. But watch what this guy was saying. His slogan. Yes, we can. 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 Thank you, say. 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 Yeah, you I wonder who that guy's working for. Ah, it's just a quinky dink. You guys are conspiracy theorists. Not if you understand the occult. It's the law of reversal. And those are forms of divination. And when the crowd, I cut that off, when the crowd started chanting that, then he basically got the crowd doing the same thing. And you wonder why things are going down the tubes. It's the law of reversal. But Crowley also, and so did Anton LaVey, have a huge influence in Hollywood, Right? And so guess what? Hollywood is also promoting the law of reversal, not just the worship of self, but do everything the exact opposite of God. One guy says this, today everything in our society seems, listen, upside down. Interesting choice of words. Evil is now good and good is evil, right? This is a law that the elite occultics have practiced for years. It's called the law of reversal. Hollywood and the music industry have pumped this sewage, basically Satanism laws, into the lives of people all over the world by fundamentally changing, i.e., listen, reversing culture including the new term, I wonder why they called it this, counterculture. Basically, what does that mean? Reverse. They're even telling you what they're doing. I'm not just doing something different. I'm not just doing something that you disagree with. I'm doing the exact opposite. That's the law of reversal. That's the occult. That's the second law of Satanism. This occult law is applied to every aspect of our daily lives, 
And most uh, are completely oblivious to it, even though these messages, and sometimes not so subtle messages, are designed to enslave our planet. They're being applied to our world, and now it's affecting uh, nearly everyone's view, right? Let me give you a, a big one. Maybe you guys always wondered about this, and I'm sure it was just a quinky ding. But speaking of Hollywood, uh, we have Oprah, right? And of all names that they had to come up with, that she came up with to uh, name her studio, uh, what was it? Harpo. Now, for those of you hooked on spelling, what is Harpo? It's the exact what? Opposite of Oprah. She was just trying to be cool, man, eclectic. No, it's the law of reversal, right? And there's plenty of proof that Oprah, Juan Kenobi, is not the biggest uh, New Age uh, priestess on the planet. Uh, That's true, but she's also heavy duty into the occult, okay? And I don't think it's by chance that she chose to reverse her name and name that her studio. That's part of the law. Again, it's a form of divination. It's to give them power. It's to give them influence, right? And let me give you that. And this is actually from an author, Jason Kovac. I don't believe he's even Christian. But he admits with Oprah Winfrey, quote, Oprah freely confesses to, quote, demonic possession as a tool to enhance her influencing performances before the camera. Now, what's that sound like? We saw before in the witchcraft study, who also does that in the music industry? At least admit it, because they do it all the time. Beyonce, remember? She channels the spirit of Sasha, Well, listen to what Oprah says. Quote, this is Oprah. I tried to empty myself and let the spirit of uh, Beyonce, hey, Sasha, one of, and there's more than one, uh, Sethe or Sethi or whatever, how you pronounce it, is the one that Oprah channels to, quote, inhabit me every morning before my scenes. I lit candles, this is Oprah. I lit candles and said the names of these slaves I prayed every day to the ancestors. So she's asking for these spirits, which are not the people, they're demons, because when you die, you go to heaven or you go to hell and you ain't coming back. It's what's called a familiar spirit. It's a demon. But she's asking these demons to come inside her and empower her to give her a great performance. This is on record, okay? Uh, and, 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 she, and her motion picture, Beloved, is an account of a woman who's haunted by the spirit of her dead daughter, uh, which, of course, the Bible condemns. That's necromancy, trying to communicate with the dead. Uh, but she, she said this about the author. She, said, she told the author of the movie was based on Beloved. I told her I had just read the book and what it meant to me and how I felt so strongly that the world needed to hear this story. And the way to do that was through film. Oprah sought after demonic possession in order to elicit, elicit a superior acting performance where she might gr- gain also a greater influence over her viewers. So again, involved in the occult, let these demons possess you to not just give you a great acting, but to seduce them with your acting to influence them and this is, this is public knowledge, folks. I'm not making this up. This is what these people are doing. And I'm sure that she called her studio Harpo backward just for... It. You don't get it until you understand the occult, right? And certainly understand Satanists. Now, that's not the only one she channels. Oprah also explained, and this is from uh, the beloved director, Jonathan Dim, who also uh, was the director of Silence of the Lambs, which is about as sick of a show as you can get. Uh, said this, quote, Oprah had explained to me when we originally met that it was her goal and intention to, quote, channel the spirit of Margaret Garner, who was another African-American slave in the pre-Civil War. This very infusion of humanity past, meaning this demon, accounts to a significant degree of for Oprah's stunning alchemy, her astonishing abandonment of self in her beloved performance. Oprah Winfrey preaches a New Age gospel that says, listen, any leader can be Jesus. That's not just wrong, it's what? The exact opposite of what God says. There's only one Jesus. Oprah 
teaches that there's many paths to heaven. We saw that on tape in one of her shows, that Jesus is not the only way to heaven. It's not just wrong. It's not just unbiblical. It's what? The exact opposite of what God says, John 14, 6, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Do you get it? It's the occult law of reversal. Her beliefs are reverse of what God's, and that's not by chance, right? She is spiritually, quote, one of the most dangerous women on the face of the planet. And when you get this law of reversal, not just in music, not just in the government, right? Not just Satan is doing it, but it's permeating our society. Then go back to Hollywood. We're almost done. On Hollywood, everything they do isn't just wrong. It doesn't just disagree with us. It's not just an attack on Christianity. It's not just immoral. They are doing exactly opposite of what God says to do. Why? Because Crowley had an influence and influenced them to do the law of reversal, right? Let me give you some examples from Hollywood. The two Christian film offices that had been active in providing moral guidelines for the entertainment industry for over 30 years were shut down as well. New ideas and a new breed of people began to take their place. Among them was Anton Sander LaVey. We believe in greed, we believe in selfishness, we believe in all of the lustful thoughts that motivate man because this is man's nature. After opening up his Church of Satan in San Francisco, LaVey began to advise filmmakers on matters involving the occult. LaVey's satanic beliefs make his observations about the film industry's new attitude towards Jesus very interesting. The satanic age, he said, began about the year 1966. And now we are beginning to see in Jesus Christ Superstar and Godspell, Jesus as fallible, no different from any other man, which is originally what Satan was supposed to represent. LaVey proved to be far more discerning than the multitudes of church-going people who bought into this dumbing down of the Messiah. Sage Christ on a popsicle stick. My God, I'm so Harold Christ, not a rubber Christ. That's why I think the Last Supper, I know they doctored that up. Here's your Last Supper! Supper This is the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And a fine Beaujolais. Jesus Christ walks into a hotel. He hands the innkeeper three nails. And he asks, Can you put me up for the night? When asked about her character's venomous hatred of Christ in the Ken Russell film, Lair of the White Worm, Donahoe replied, I'm an atheist, so it was actually a joy. Spitting on Christ was a great deal of fun. From cartoons... What do you know, white? ...to comedy. Maybe there's no devil. It's just God when he's drunk. Yes, God did exist. He died. He was very small. Mystery solved. Whether it's showing contempt for the scriptures. Hey, look at this, kids. Just what I've been warning you about. Poking fun at going to church. Even worse than you thought. Well, what kind of crowd? He's not doing drugs, is he? No, no. <laughs> He's going to church. Oh, God, no. What's this? I'm off to church. He's whacked. Making light of prayer. Say great. Dear God, we pay for all this stuff ourselves, so thanks for nothing. Where the pagan practices of American Indians are treated with loving respect. Where Eastern religions bask in the warm fuzzies of spiritual awe. And where even the occult is given the benefit of the doubt. He said the divine force is what the soul is made of. While the Christian faith of untold millions is portrayed as a potential breeding ground for neo-Nazis, 
public executions and a religion-induced madness that can lead to everything from mob violence to a mother's willingness to kill her child for God. Do you love God? Yes. Tell him that. Don't be afraid, baby. Far too often, this is the gospel according to Hollywood. The third of the Ten Commandments given to us by God warns that we should treat even the mention of His name with great awe and respect, never using it in a casual or disrespectful way. The Old Testament saints took this command very seriously, insisting eventually that scribes wash their hands and use a new pen when even writing the name of God. Many of the Jews were even afraid to say it out loud in any circumstance choosing instead to refer to it indirectly as the name. Contrast that to our day, to a time when God has, in an act of almost incomprehensible grace and mercy, chosen to fully reveal Himself in Christ as Emmanuel, God with us, and has given to us the true name of the Lord our God, the only name under heaven given to men by which we may be saved, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. For Christ's sake. God's name is degraded, blasphemed, and reduced to a cheap expletive by so many in today's entertainment industry that one wonders if it isn't a default key on their word processors. One goddamn hit. You can't say on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Ken Kesey, the author of Sometimes a Great Notion and the Academy Award-winning One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, provided perhaps the best summation of the pride and irreverence that characterizes so much of today's art and entertainment. The job of the artist, Kesey told one college class, is to say, F you, God, F you, and the Old Testament you wrote in on. It's not just blasphemy. It's not just promoting sin. It's not just a different view on morality. It's not just an attack on Christianity. It's the law of reversal. God says, Exodus 20, verse 7, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses the name. And Hollywood says, who's been infected by the occult, so has the, the music industry, so has their own government. Oh, yeah, we're going to make the, your name, we're going to make it a default on our keyboard, and we're going to insert it in kids' cartoons. We're going to put it everywhere. We're going to listen. It's the exact opposite of what God said to do. It's not just wrong. It's not just blasphemy. It's not just sin. It's the second law of Satanism. Okay. Remember again, what does society stand for? Satan is operating cunningly in everything they yearn. In other words, our society, just as Anton Lavey warned, we are now in the throes of a satanic age. Who's your daddy in our country? It's not God the Father anymore. It's Satan. We are following, and we're just getting started, definitely the first two laws of Satanism. That's why things are being destroyed and why we're going down the tubes. Our society is being brainwashed by the beliefs of Satanism, and they don't even know it. I close with this. This is from the occult. At least they'll admit it. They said, we are entering the throes of a new Satanic age. And if there's anything horrifying in Satanism teaching, it's that, listen, these Satanism are the principles by which most of the people live most of the time 
usually without even admitting it to themselves. In other words, you're walking around, who's your daddy? You could say it's God, you could say it's Jesus Christ, but by your behavior, it's Satan. Your father is the devil. You know how I know? Because you act like it. Because all you do, it's all about self, and you do exactly the opposite of what God says to do. And can I tell you something? Those kind of people sometimes, you'll find them, guess where? In the church. And you wonder why things are getting messed up. But hey, that's not the only beliefs of Satanism we're going to get. Lord willing, next time, unfortunately, there's more that we're following. No wonder God says, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he wasn't talking about riding a horsey and getting to slow down. He's talking about your society is going down the tubes, man. But again, people don't get it because they've never been taught. You know why? Because they're following Satanism. I don't want to hear from the Bible about Satan. That's self. Self says, I want it all. I want the whole counsel of God, right? But that's part of the dilemma. Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not, and the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God out of love gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying, okay? How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand, okay? Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy, even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's His standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. 
and we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That, that's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judge has said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know, it's actually on historical record, that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty, and they've refused to take it. And so, even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what He was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey, folks, if that's you, don't delay you may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is the Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave, and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly, and please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.